playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for the playoff episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam Lund, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How was your week, man? Uh, Week was was really good. Uh, Busy. Weekend was... uh... I already forget what I did on the weekend. <laughs> so clearly there was hockey? nothing. Uh, yeah, hockey. Went to the game on uh, Saturday. Right. And uh, unfortunately did not win the 50-50. No. Which is unfortunate. No, the fan appreciation that wasn't very appreciative of fans. Yes. I'm still trying one. to I still trying to figure out what they gave away. I, I Many, many thoughts. We'll get maybe into those at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. We don't want to wreck it. But uh, Big Brother, where are we at? How are we doing? So far behind. Oh, my uh, goodness. I don't, honestly. The I, fans expect to get their Big Brother updates every Wednesday. So far behind right now. I don't even, couldn't even tell you who the <laughs> HOH is right now. Honest to God, yeah. I'm, I'm probably three or four episodes uh, behind. Did you get uh, stuck on Love is Blind? or? Oh, that's it, man. Yeah. Did you get on that one again? Yeah, yeah it's a good little, good little, good little show for <laughs> It's anyone, a great little show. Anyone who hasn't uh, doesn't watch it, it's quite the uh gimmick yeah and uh but it's one of those shows that you sit down and watch one episode and you make fun of it but then you just keep watching them because well, they, they yeah. suck you right in those damn love shows that make you and half of it you're like are you actually here to find love or are you here to be on netflix so when you go home mm-hmm. you're famous and i i haven't we haven't started season four yet but um, yeah, I mean, if the bachelor has, I think 47 or 48 shows now, 48 seasons or something yeah. sick like that. Um, this one does good though. It's, uh, um, this one's at least more live. Like it's more in real time. The ones that <coughs> more in real time. The one that's better is I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but it's the one where they can't kiss or touch or do anything Oh, uh, inappropriate. I forget the name of it right now. Um, but that's actually a funny one because they they sign up for for this this show too, too hot to too handle. Too hot to handle. Thank you so much. Yeah, Google. Uh, <laughs> and they so they sign up not knowing that they're going to be on Too Hot to Handle, and then they do this, uh, you know, reveal. Yeah. The latest season, uh, they really had had the contestants fooled, where they had Mario Lopez. Um, as like the host yeah. of this of this fake reality TV show, where they were flown to an island, the name of this fake show was written across a private plane, so it all looked realistic, and it was just one of those things where Mario, Mario Lopez was like, uh, and uh, we actually have a special guest joining us, and out you know opens up the uh, plane door, and it's Lana, the whole robot thing that uh, calculates how much money they get to make and how much money they lost if a couple kisses and that one's a good one because they actually hide the fact these people don't know that it's that they're going to netflix but love and love is blind is is fun i don't think i don't think i've ever seen that other one too hot to handle yeah oh man this is it's a it's probably one of the better ones but love love is blind is this there's a part of the season that i actually had a pretty good laugh about episode four anyways it was i'm not sure which episode it was but this couple was 
they were in the pods and they were talking. Yeah. And the guy literally talks and talks and talks and talks. <laughs> then all of a sudden he he's like he says the girl's name and it pans into her pod and she's passed out sleeping. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I was like, okay, good way to, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, put this girl to sleep. Hopefully that's none of our <laughs> listeners is they, if we pan to them listening to this show, listening to us talk and talk and talk for 36 yeah. weeks. But unlike Jim Moore, it is the playoff episode. So we're going to get into that. Don't forget it. As always, you can follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast. And of course, like and subscribe here on the YouTube. Let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. All right, Valdor head coach and former Moncton Wildcat, Maxime Desrousseau, will have a new title as he is now named the general manager of the Valdor Foyer, uh, which he's got some work cut out for him. Um, they should have a top five pick to build upon. but and I would St. John's pick? Yeah, St. John's. So, so they'll probably win the lottery with St. John's pick. Uh, tell me this, Adam. What trade... Was that first round pick involved in? Kale McCallum. Incorrect. Okay. Jonathan Lemieux. Last year. Who went from Valdor to St. John. John St. John sent Moncton, their yeah. 2023 first round pick, and he ended up in Moncton. Wow. Now, if you go and ask Trevor Georgie what trade he would like to take back, would like to take back I can guarantee you it's that one. I had to. Wow. I was. I had to look back, and I was like, "Which trade is this?" And I was like, "No." There's, I was like, I, "And it, that was the last one I could think of," because it involved because Jonathan Lemieux ended his career in Moncton. It was the. Yeah. La- I couldn't. I was in shock when I realized that was it. I was. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Wow, that's." Uh, that was preseason of last year, right? Yeah, like the two thousand twenty-one preseason. Yeah. Wow. What else was in that trade? That's. I think it was. Uh, John I think. Kale McCallum went to Valdor in that trade. Yeah, so yeah, Kale McCallum went to St. Yeah, John. But Jonathan Lemieux was like the piece. The piece, yeah. Right, but he And St. John got a sixth, a, th- a third from last year's draft, a fourth from last year's draft, and then this year's first. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or Valdor got that. Wow. Yeah. And then the, and then uh, Shakutumi has Bathurst first from Hendrix Lapierre. Yep. And that worked out. We Yes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> they, they, they didn't win a championship. But, no, 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 no. Uh, we've got Valdor's first from Jordan Spence. But, I mean, that worked out on the fact that they didn't trade that player at the deadline yes. later on. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. actually yeah. kept him for a full season. Yeah. And then uh, Ramuski's got Charlton's first from... Cold Ellis? Uh, is it that Bi- 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 Now, uh, Oh, yeah, would make sense. Would that, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be... I thought maybe they got Colton Ellis like a couple years in advance down the road. Yeah, so Bakabatuga would be that pick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the four out of the five lottery picks are via trades. So I really hope they highlight that in... uh, on the draft lottery on April Mm -hmm. 29th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I... When does that ever happen? That four of the top five picks... Well, I haven't really. And that's been kind of a cautionary it, tale. Yeah, uh, I haven't really been following it to yeah. to to really know, but that just seems excessive, man. Like yeah. that's that's from the teams loading up to and that's what happens when the, and, the Memorial Cup is in the queue. Is teams yeah. load up yeah. probably a little more than they should. Yeah. Um, 
to anyway. end up trying to that's crazy but yeah i mean that's uh pretty good news that's so good news yeah. For us, I mean. yeah yeah no uh, that worked out for us and hopefully we don't lose another lottery to a saint john pick <laughs> um now will they have players coming back via the robodaw trade or is that do you like I guess I, should, I guess I should find it to see what the trade was. Yeah. Because usually a high-profile player like that, and, of course, that trade was announced long before the actual trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, give me trades. There we go. Is this the Robodaw trade you're talking about? Yeah. I don't, sure if I, would, I don't know if there's any futures involved in that at all. It didn't seem like a very big return. No, so it was Robodaw and a fourth to Quebec for a first in 24. Valdor's first in 24. And a third rounder in twenty four. Yeah, so, so two firsts and a th- yeah, so okay. uh, yeah, it might not. You might not get a player back. I mean, I mean, I guess you could to give them Something their first year. or their third back just to get a a piece like a depth mm-hmm. piece kind of mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, now that I look at it, I wasn't sure how big that trade was because Quebec didn't have a lot of yeah assets when they were. Well, Quebec's probably going to be a lottery pick next year because they've yeah. got absolutely next to nothing coming back. Yeah, so that's going to be a good. Uh, a good building block for for Valdor, but again, that's not till next year, right? So mm-hmm. they've got a. It's going to be a tough season in, in Valdor next year, so they could. I mean, frick, they could be in pretty good shape next year. So lottery odds, we have the second best chance, mm-hmm. and it's what eighteen percent. Uh, something like that. So there's twenty one balls in the lottery, and we will have six, six out of twenty one, uh, which is, I mean. If you want to look back and say 20, 28%, 28.5%. 24.5%. The final game of the regular season, let's just say, I mean, we could very well, let's say we win the lottery. And I guess it's kind of, we're doing Valdor report, even though we're not at the Valdor report yet. No, so well, we okay. weren't going to have a Valdor report because yeah, that's true. we were tying it into the head coach. Yeah. So this is technically the Valdor report. Yeah. And so... Imagine we win the lottery. Valdor Port. <laughs> yeah. Got to get that in there. there it's the last go. time we're going to use it. Let's so. throw it in. Yeah. So imagine the Wildcats win the lottery. At what point would you think they won the lottery? Because Blaineville came back to Ty Gatineau on the last day of the regular season. Yeah. Which bumped Blaineville up a spot and Valdor down a spot. I mean, that's, that's could be the difference between winning a lottery and, and, you know, not winning a lottery. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's just the way some things happen. So maybe it's just good. I mean, yeah, I hopefully I, that isn't the only luck we get in the, well, that's <laughs> it. Right. Cause with this case, it's, you know, cause that would have put us in, if, if Blaineville doesn't, that would have put us in third, which yeah. would have, could have dropped us to fifth. Which is the last yep, pick, exactly? Because right? so now we can at least drop to four. Fourth, which fourth you is have worst case scenario, yeah, yeah. and obviously best case scenario is first. First, uh, but yeah, worst For case is player. fourth, which is I mean, fourth is still good. Third is good. Second is good because we're at, at this point, you know, um, Dinoyer, Caleb Dinoyer is the is the consensus number one. Like I haven't seen a ranking that mm-hmm. doesn't have him number one, except puck prax. But you know, they kind of do their their own rankings thing. a little differently, which is kind of good if you ask me, because if you if there's a consensus number one mm-hmm. and you have the second pick, you go get whoever you want. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, and it just makes things a lot easier. And I mean, so at this point, you know, obviously the, the lottery is to, to be determined uh, where we'll select. Um, but our own first will be 13th overall. And the Sherbrooke pick will be 18th overall. So let's, What a wild uh, ride from February. We thought we'd have a two top 10 yeah, picks, Yeah, eh? I know. Like it uh, goes back to saying the uh, individual player meetings with uh, <laughs> Dan Lacroix seem to have turned things around, which is, which is good. But yeah, so... So if you're... It, it, uh, we don't think that all three picks are going to happen. That's you. Um, we don't think, obviously, all three picks are going to happen. They're going to move mm. some. You think they move to try and get number one by giving no, up a couple first? No, no, That would be... Like, is Denoy that worth that to give up two firsts and a, and a third to That would be a Roger to... Shannon trade. Yeah. This is... Is he... Like, if they're going to move those picks, they're moving them for offensive players, 18, 19, that can come in, and they're not going to move that. Splash wise to get up to number one, right? No, um, I would probably keep an eye on a team like like Ramuski, mm-hmm. um, who obviously want to also have a say in two thousand twenty five. Yeah, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting because you know Ramuski could end up winning the lottery with this one ball because we've seen it happen with St. John, and then they've also got. Uh, Quebec's pick, which is going to be the last pick in the first round at 20th. So it's the 20th pick won't have as much value, but they can still tie it in somehow and, and, and move up in the draft. And um, no, like I said a few, a couple months ago, you know, draft in Sherbrooke, the Phoenix are going to want to make a splash. Yep. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to want to have a, a draft and, you know, at the rink and where they wait till 18th or 19th or whatever they are. Well, they they've got to do something. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to again. You don't want to host a draft and not have a pick in the first round. And um, you know it's with coach with Ethan Gothjay. It's like a lot of players. I'm sure he wants to be drafted and NHL drafted as a Sherbrooke Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be traded. You know, a month before the the NHL draft and and. You know, he wants to be drafted as uh, as a, as as a member of Sherbrooke, so I don't think they'll make a splash that way. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm sure they've got other other plays around that uh, they could uh, they could dangle, like uh, you know Justin Gill, you know who's going to be a 20 year old next season, who probably was if he wasn't a 50 goal scorer this year, he was pretty damn close to a 50 goal scorer. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a 20 year old who some teams would would maybe um, covet and be willing to pay a first-round pick for. Maybe Moncton. Maybe Moncton gives Sherbrooke back their first-round pick in a deal involving Justin Gill. But then you have to think, you know, we've already got Alexi Daniel, Oscar Plandowski, and Connor Trenum as, as you know, kind of 20-year-olds next season. Well, you know, That's no offense diff- yeah. to those two other forwards, but Justin Gill would be an upgrade on those two forwards, yeah. right? So there's... there's, there's I, Sherbrooke's going to be up to something. That's Jake Stewart all over again. Guy plays the Wildcat way. Guy does yeah. what he needs to do to get in lineup. But when you can, when you can put offense in, and you know that was one of the things Moncton, where's the scoring going to come from? Mm-hmm. Those are the tough decisions that you have to make, and mm-hmm. um, kind of ties into the next uh, the next set of news. The Kubota CHL Kubota top prospects game location was announced last Friday. It is live at the Avenir Center, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. Um, if you purchase season tickets, that will be included in your season ticket package. Um, 
there was a lot of rumors on what it could be um, leading right up to it, including would the Wildcats host the 2024 draft? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and I was like, do we even have a pick in the 2024? Which we do. We do. Um, so that would, that would have made a little bit of sense, but it's, we're going to see a lot more of these things with the success of the world juniors. If the world juniors comes back again, I know a lot of people thought that might be what it was. And yeah. um, I was like, I don't really know if I want it back that quick. And they're like, Oh yeah, but we, it, Canada would play in Moncton. Great. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> like yeah, if I couldn't afford uh, to go to the pre-tournament games, yeah. I can't afford to pay a package. If I couldn't afford a package for group B, yeah. I can't afford a package for Canada included in it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, there's going to be some good prospects in this game. Uh, fortunately, John John will likely be the Moncton representative. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to sound, I don't want to say whether he earns it or not, but, you, you'd like to have a home player. Like, it's not like we have Etienne Moran or, you know, Barbashev last year. Like, Cole, you, we're going to have Cole Eisenman. Cole Eisenman. I, have, I had like three people talk about that. I thought it was going to be Cole Eisenman. Yeah, they're going to roll. Yeah. They're going to special announcement. They're, 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 yeah. they're doing a special announcement to, uh, to to say that Cole Eisenman is foregoing his uh, <laughs> yeah. University of uh, yeah. Minnesota full full ride to come yeah. play for the Wildcats. But yeah, I mean, there's there should be some good players from the WHL, the OHL. I I don't know if Michael Misa will be there. I think he's one year. He's one year too young. Too young. So yeah. that so again that'll work out for the OHL because it'll be in an OHL rink. You would think when he's in that top prospects game. So yeah, I mean you're. You're looking at you know Maxi Massey, uh, Massey Berkeley Catton from the Spokane Chiefs. You're looking at uh, you know Sam Dickinson from the London Knights. You're looking at Tanner Howe from the Regina Pats. Uh, there's a few other names here. Uh, you know, there's it's going to be Henry Muse from the Ottawa 67s. It's going to be a pretty good game, uh, and it's it's a showcase. Yeah. like it's uh, this will easily be if not a sold-out crowd, very close to a sold-out crowd. Uh, and this is, uh, again, one of those moments where Moncton needs to step up and buy the tickets and, and fill the rink so it looks good on national TV and just like we did for the uh, World Juniors. Yep. Yep, absolutely. The Wildcats also held their uh, awards gala last night. Most of the awards kind of went the way we thought they would. Rookie of the Year went to Jake St- Jacob Simon, like you thought. Preston Lonsbury was a nominee. Outstanding defensive player was Jonas Tybell. Most improved player was Preston Lonsbury. I actually thought Gabe Smith might get that. Um, just from, but if Preston Lonsbury wasn't going to be the rookie of the year, as I predicted, I mean his ascension from fourth line forward to playing in that top six um, made a ton of sense. Top points was Moran and Baudouin, who Moran was the first Wildcat defenseman to lead that to ever be tied for most points in a season. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, top goal you know scorer. he's only 77 points away from the most points by defenseman in Wildcats history. Like you could he could get have, that next year. He could have the record next year. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Pun intended. Uh, top scorer, Yohan Loshing. Uh, the Rebecca Schofield Community Spirit Award went to Alexi Danielle. Um, and then MVP, or Unsung Hero, went to Vinny LaBelle. Fans' choice to Max Barbashev. <sighs> My 20 votes for Cole Bishop. <laughs> <sighs> I wish they'd post the the... See how many votes they got. They never would in case somebody didn't get any votes. But had to be close. Yeah. And um, MVP was Etienne Moran. I, I, I kind of feel jaded. I mean, the only award we got to vote on was Fans' Choice Award. I, I believe we used to vote on all the awards or most that of them. Was, that, is, that is, in yeah. fact, uh, true. Yeah, I remember when we used to vote on every yeah. single award. But I guess Fan Choice is 
fans choice fans you know it's uh, yeah. at the uh the nickelodeon teen choice awards you, you don't the fans don't vote for record of the year you no, know they, van, they they uh, vote for fans choice that's so, true yeah uh, somebody's obviously been uh, been watching the uh, awards uh the hollywood awards yeah um and we did not get volunteer of the year award maybe next year we'll see um we'll have to uh we'll have to keep grinding um the qmjhl team of the week and i will um, dance for an award like i will dance you heard it here first like i'll do like a party boy yeah you know i want some recognition well i mean the fans love us speaking of recognition the team of the week i know let's get to it (laughs) (laughs) all right jordan dume uh three games two goals eight assists josh lawrence three games five goals six assists joshua wah three games five goals four assists uh defenseman david spacek uh, from Sherbrooke, Spacek, but JR calls him Spacek. Three games, one goal, five assists. Our Etienne Moran, back-to-back weeks. Three games, one goal, six assists. And then Riley Mercer from Drummondville, 2-0, a 985 save percentage, 1.2 goals against average, including a shutout, which means your player of the week uh, is Joshua Waugh of uh, the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Five goals, four assists, three games played. That leads us to everybody's second favorite part of the show, Mr. Boucher's podcast team of the week. The final team of the week. Yes. I don't know if I'll do them in the playoffs because it's probably going to be the same, same five damn guys. players, right? Uh, okay. So this is the overager team of the year. All right. Yeah. Okay. So a little different. Makes sense. Uh, in goal, uh, we have Frankie LaPena. Uh, so if overager would be 20-year-olds who will not be back next year, thank God Frankie LaPena will not be back <laughs> yeah. last year. Next year, uh, you've said it, Adam, and I will add to that uh, – yeah, pretty happy he was uh, traded out of, out the, of the division. division. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, let's put it that way. Uh, on D from the Quebec Rampart, uh, Nicholas Savoie, a local boy from uh, from Dieppe, uh, five year player with uh, with the Ramparts. Uh, I still don't know if he's U Sports committed, but uh, would obviously be a very good pickup for the uh, Aigle Blues in uh, uh, Moncton backyard. And uh, on the right side, big Tony Hamel uh, <laughs> for tripling, tripling his goal production yep. compared to last season. Uh, just what, took him to just took him getting to Moncton to find that offensive what an, spark. What a juggernaut of an offensive defenseman! You know, yep. not very many defensemen out there can say that they tripled their goal production. No, and you can see why Moran went that next level playing mm-hmm. with playing with Hamel um getting to the MVP. Oh yeah, just uh Hamel had so much to do with uh <laughs> with Moran's success, you know. Especially it's, offensively. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's just uh crazy. It's he, he wouldn't have been MVP, team MVP without Hamel. Yeah. No, uh, teams didn't teams didn't trade. Well, teams didn't talk about Hamel for his offense. He no. was your prototypical. He's one of the final last prototypical defensive defensemen. Mhm. Sticks out for teammates that you find. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and up front, uh, we're going to go with uh, Tristan Nillard from uh, Rouen Aranda. Uh, ends up being the Huskies' leading scorer. Uh, I remember when we had Johnny Rocket on the show earlier this year, he asked us who we thought the Huskies' leading scorer was. We both said Burosh. Yeah. Nope, it was Tristan Nillard, who I had never heard of before. <laughs> uh, undrafted free agent. Not bad. That's nice when they find those. Eh? Yeah, not bad. Uh, and of course, uh, going to Cape Breton, we go with uh, he's so good. His parents named him twice, Yvonne, Yvonne. Um, if it wasn't for him, and of course the Eagles wins against the playoffs against the Wildcats, uh, I don't think Cape Breton's in the playoffs. 
And nope. yeah, so I, if it wasn't for him and those wins against Moncton, I think they're one of the two teams that misses out this year. Um, and spoiler alert, uh, sources say, do not be surprised if an NHL team signs him to a contract in the coming days. You've heard it here first, folks. Hmm. Uh, and finally, I hate to say it, but Alexander Doucette of uh, Halifax, uh, almost a goal for game since being traded from Valdor. Uh, you want to pay the price? Well, the Mooseheads paid the price to get him and seems to be paying off. Yeah. Let's put it that way. So uh, I could have had Josh Lawrence on this. I didn't want to do two. Eagles legend. Didn't want to, Yeah, Eagles legend. I didn't <laughs> want to have two Mooseheads. I could have went with Brady Burns on this one. Uh, you know, the Sea Dogs, new points, point getter. points getter. Uh, but I didn't want to make it too maritime heavy. Yeah. Because uh, I had uh, really, La Pena was a, was a Charlottetown connection. Savoie is a Dieppe boy. Hamel's in Moncton. Alexander Doucette's in Halifax. Yvonne Yvonne's in Cape Breton. My only one without a maritime connection is Tristan Allard. So... <laughs> that had actually no, I had no idea I did that until I just finished reading those notes. So. The Wildcast Podcast, 20 year old maritime team of the week that's almost. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you see them the most, right? And that's, that's the thing. Well, like, that's it, right? It's, it's, you uh, see them beating up on us for the second half of the season or mm-hmm. most of the year. So, well, I, I, I can almost guarantee that'll be back next season, eh? I think so. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I don't even, uh, I think we stayed disciplined all year. I don't think we went shorthanded. No, I might, instead of doing a team, I might do the three stars of the week. Uh, Yeah. Because uh, picking, holy Christ. Picking five or six every week. Yeah. A goalie and, you know, three forwards and two defensemen can be tough. Yeah. Um, So I, I might just go with the three stars of the week. All right. I like it. Let's get some playoff matchups here. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so they are set. Here we go. Um, like Jim Morris said, playoffs. Yeah, we're going to talk playoffs in this episode. Um, we're not going to get to our playoffs because we've got a guest coming up here in a little bit that we're going to talk to uh, about that. So we'll get started in the Western Conference, Sherbrooke versus Blaineville. First of all, I don't see many upsets at all. I've got a, I've got okay. one. All right. I've and uh, so Sherbrooke, Blaineville, I got Sherbrooke in four. Uh, rest in peace <laughs> to the uh, Armada. Yeah. This is over in four. I thought actually. I don't see a scenario where they win a game. No. Uh, I don't see a scenario I, where they I, score more I, than three goals. I, exactly. I don't, I don't see a scenario where there's a game that's three goals or less. Yeah. Olivier uh, Adam was, you just got to be good, not great. And yep. this is, mm-hmm. I mean, and, there's the top teams. I don't, we're not going through the whole playoffs either. We're just doing round one. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, Interesting wrinkle, though. I thought when the team crossed over, they were eighth no matter what. Mm-hmm. But St. John actually crossed over and went into seventh to play Gatineau. Oh. Blainville stayed in eighth. I thought when they crossed over, no matter the points, they stayed in eighth. So, hmm. um, which leads us to Gatineau, Sherbrooke, or Gatineau, St. John. Um, Gatineau's my pick to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gatineau in four. I'm also going with that. Uh, again, don't see a scenario where the Sea Dogs win a game. I think they can keep a game close. Yeah. Uh, the fourth game is always the toughest to win. Cliche. <laughs> uh, so if there's a game that maybe they keep close, it's game four uh, at uh, at TD Station. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it makes it may yeah. make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but good uh, on them for getting to the playoffs after burying yeah. the cupboards in a Memorial yeah. Cup year. They didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs at all. Mm. They kind of pulled it together. Um, and the reward is a four-game sweep of Gatineau. <laughs> but, hey, they get the playoff uh, revenue, and that's all that uh, that's they true. care about. Uh, Victoriaville, true. Drummondville. Um, I've got Victoriaville in five. I just think their goaltending is so good. Um, and they're a veteran team to kind of, I mean, they've fallen off a little bit since the Christmas trade deadline and into January and February. So I almost wanted to go six, but I just think playoff wise, I, I, I'm going to go five. This is where we disagree. This uh, is where I have my upset. I have an upset in this series, folks. Um, Drummondville have have went on a heater as soon as Riley Mercer came back from injury. Yeah. They're one of the top teams in the league. They were they were winning games, uh, they were dominating games, they were beating teams they shouldn't be beating. I think they're red hot going into the playoffs. Give me the Volts in six. In six. All right, I'm feeling it. I like it. I'm feeling and, it. And uh, Ren and uh, Schwinnigan. Um, Schwinnigan, if if Cologne can steal a couple, I still think Ren's got enough to get past them. But I got Ren in six. I think yeah. Cologne can steal a couple games for you. I'm on the same path. I will say I, I was, you know, my, it'll be at least five, uh, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling six as well for, for the Huskies. All right. Let me slide back over to the Eastern conference, Quebec and Charlottetown four for Quebec. Uh, just too big, too strong, too deep, like mm. four games. You know what? I think, uh, I think Robillard has, uh, has what it takes to steal a game here. Um, so give me the ramparts in five. And then we've got uh, Halifax and uh, Cape Breton. I will give Cape Breton one game. Um, I will give them one of their home games. Uh, so I've got Halifax in five. Let's see what this one. Um, man, as much as I'd love to see an upset, I I, I don't think it's going to happen. In a, uh, in a perfect world, we get a the, Cape Breton upset. They place Quebec in the second round. We get Ramuski winning uh, Ramuski. Shakutami winner, and we got a really good chance to get to round three. Yeah, not gonna happen. Not, but in a perfect world, in a perfect world, I, I will say, Cape Breton in. Uh, You're saying Cape Breton? Cape Breton wins a couple of games. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll like, win a couple I was of like, games. What? They uh, if they can play the way they did against Halifax in Halifax. Yep. On last Friday night, I think it, it was like two one or three one. They won two to one. Yep. Those are the games they need to win to win this series, or shouldn't say win this series, win a couple of games in this series. Yeah, and um, I think I think they can. You know, they've got a really strong uh, forward group. They've got a defensive core that's that's they just can't compete with Halifax. But I do think they win a couple of games. So you say six, six, six. I just yeah, it, it's so tough to play perfect games mm-hmm. all the time and, and i mean we'll see i mean halifax they brought in a couple guys that have had playoffs but if if you can kind of get to them mentally and and they played them well down the stretch i am so glad we avoided cape breton ticket wise it might have been good because the rivalry was there in the past two games mm-hmm. but uh, I, I will be honest i don't think i would have picked moncton if they were playing uh if they were playing cape breton uh we get the four or five matchup shakutami recruits shakutami Really struggling with some of these names yeah, here, right? Yeah, I'm trying to rip through them. Um, this one's going the distance, and 
on the big ice, I'm taking Shakutami in seven. I, you know, Lavalet was a goaltender of the year for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, although Harmla was six shutouts this year, so they're either really good goaltending or they struggle. So mm-hmm. I just you have the big ice, you're gonna have the home ice, um, which was a reason I wanted to avoid them if they had home ice. I've got Shakutami in seven. And this was the tougher one. This was the one I almost finally four, took. The four uh, or five is always tough. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Put me down for Ramuski in this one, um, and I'll I'll explain why. And I think I've said it before. How many games? Distance. Yeah. Give me seven. Uh, their goalie Hammerla. He's either going to shut you out. Yeah. Or he's going to let in five or six goals, and I think. I mean, if he, he gets a shutout in this series, mark my words, it's going to be Game Seven. Yeah, uh, it's just the how I'm feeling about all this. It's uh, it's going to be a series. Uh, these are division rivals; they don't like each other. Uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Ramuski in seven. He was a goalie of record last year too, wasn't he? That upset St. John. Uh, I believe he was. Yeah, so he's got that. Uh, where was it, Robert? No, I think it was Hammerlow. No, Robiar was. Was it Hammerlow? That I they. Think so. uh, I'm going to game five, game seven or game five. I guess it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um. It checking. was. Yeah, Patrick Hammerlow. Yeah, so yeah. he's got that. Uh, you know, he's got it in him, right? Yep. He's. Uh, I think he's got that. Uh, that playoff mentality. Like I said, he's either going to shut you out or let in five or six goals, and uh, if he if he happens to. You know, pitch a shutout this series. It'll be the, the deciding game. game. Seven. Yep. I like it. All right, let's get into the Weekly Rewind. Weekly Rewind. Weekly Rewind presented by the local sports pub. Looking for a great place to have some wing beer, watch sports. Uh, with friends, head to 1715 Main Street, where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. All day happy hour Mondays, where most Molson products are 550 and wing night every Tuesday, which... It's perfect for game three, a uh, pound of wings and fries for fifteen ninety nine, and they will host all of our Wildcast Wildcat viewing parties when the Wildcats are on the road for games three, four, and possibly five. We will be there to watch the games. We're going to make it work. <laughs> they, they have some events on thir- Wednesdays and Thursdays. We're going to make it work, but either way, Tuesday is wing night, so we've got that bug out. I know that some a lot of people have shared it, including one of the councilmen has shared it, so um, nice. here's hoping Greg Turner. Shared it for us, yeah. So here's hoping we can get uh, we can get 60, 70 people like we did in game uh, game seven against well, Bay Como. Um, <laughs> we've arrived at the end of the season, another two of three victories for the Wildcats. So they finished the year 35, 29, 2, and 1 for 74 points, uh, second in the Maritimes, just where we had them finishing. And they made both of our wishes come true. They got home ice, mm-hmm. and they finished third in the East, which means, as you know by now, um, it is round one versus Bay Como. We're not going to wrap these things up individually because we want to get to our playoff preview. Um, it was good to finally see the Wildcats play the way they should against the Eagles in that 9-2 victory. Um, I mean, I'm glad we avoided them. I mean, there was a lot of people on Twitter that wanted to play them. I don't want to ever play division opponents if you can avoid it, especially one that goes 5-3 and three against you in eight games. But, I mean, we're going to look back on this... Uh, this season and, and that's going to be the, the difference of a lot of Cape Breton success and 
where we're at is just how if we can play like we did against them in the final game and against Bathurst in that final game, we'll be all right. If we play like we did in the first few games against Bathurst or uh, Cape Breton, the playoffs might be a struggle. But I, I like the way they finished the year going eight and two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight and two, one of the top four teams in, in the queue. Uh, seven, two, and one. So top five, I mean, Quebec nine and one. Uh, Sherbrooke nine and one, Gatineau nine and zero, Halifax eight and two. Like we finished the year strong, and we wouldn't have said that in February. No, you're right. I mean, we we were calling for some uh, <laughs> for some pink slips here a couple yeah. of months ago. So, yeah. um, you know, like I said earlier, it's you know those player meetings seem to have uh, kind of turned things around. Uh, which you know the the first game after that player meeting i think was a loss to st john so we're like damn you know these player did these player yeah. meetings ever work but i think it um you know might have took a game or two to kind of get uh, get things going again and uh it was a yeah nice turnaround uh, i think we got a it's you know after that uh, loss to uh the eagles in overtime was it tuesday or wednesday wednesday yeah wednesday you know, there was uh, there was an article in the in the Times the next day, Dan Lacroix saying that the Eagles haven't seen the Wildcats best yet, and uh, I think um, you know I think we saw their best. Yeah, scared the on, shit out of uh, me though. On Saturday, <laughs> you know, it's uh, when a coach says something like that, it's easily you know some bulletin board material for another team, and uh, with the uh, you know the possibility of playing the Eagles in the first round you you know damn well that would have been up on the uh up in the locker room and in center 200 and yeah but uh we kind of uh got that uh monkey off our back and you know beat them and not only we beat them we we laid an ass kicking on them yeah we bumped it was them. uh it was a total team effort lots of uh lots of positives from that game for sure yeah and that's that's what I wanted to see like I wanted to beat them because there was still, we weren't sure if we we're going to finish third or fourth. Mm-hmm. We knew we were quitting home ice on the Friday, but I was like, I don't want to go into Cape Breton or Bay Como or uh, Shakutami or whatever it was on a four, three overtime victory. I wanted to end the season, mm-hmm. especially if we had to play against Cape Breton, letting them know like, Hey, that was now it's playoff time. They're kind of in playoff mode. Trenholm, um, we'll have to see if he's back. I know he took the shot on Friday. Right into the right into the bins, yeah the areas the areas lower body injury. Uh, Preston Lonsbury is off, obviously out with yeah. a wrist injury for the year. Um, Mueller should be back. Mercier, we'll have to see. That's what I was going to check the old uh, the old suspensions. Did we see a suspension for a dirty blindside hit on Connor Shortall? No, no, we didn't but let's get fighting out of the game. Um, <laughs> speaking of, I mean, speaking of the Eagles, do you have Andrew Barrington's uh, oh, yes, yeah, predictions? Yeah, that's He's, right. i got to get him on here. We'll get um, to those. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to wrap, recap the final week when you're so pumped to look forward to the playoffs, and we're going to get to the actual season recap and everything um, on the final shows after the playoffs are done before the draft and stuff, so... Um, we'll get to Andrew Barrington's picks and then we'll, uh, we'll get into our guest. Oh yeah, that's right. My <laughs> bad. Uh, so this of course is Andrew Barrington from the ever popular talent blog, uh, for the Cape Breton Eagles here. I wanted to, uh, give him a little airtime on the show. Um, again, <laughs> yeah, seems to be a weekly occurrence yeah. here. 
You know, it's not that his, uh, his picks are any different than ours, uh, but of course, being an Eagles supporter, Palmer, he has the Eagles in seven over the Halifax Mooseheads. In a perfect uh, world, that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want. Like, that gives us Quebec, or that gives us Ramuski or Shakunami. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a that's the best way to get to round three. Can we upset Halifax? It would take seven perfect games, but mm-hmm. that gives us an easier journey to round three. That's uh, true. Uh, he also has the Islanders winning a couple games against Quebec, so he has Quebec in six. Um, he has the Moncton Bay Como series going the distance with Moncton winning in seven. He has Ramuski in seven over uh, Shakutami. He's got Sherbrooke in a sweep. He's got Gatineau in a sweep. He's got Victoriaville over Drummondville in six. And he's got Rune Aranda in a sweep over Schwinnigan. Um, so, you know, a lot of the team, a lot so. of the similar results, but um, one that seems to uh, obviously favor his, uh, his team. And hey, He's seen his team play 68 games. Mm-hmm. He's seen them play against Halifax a bunch of times. So he uh, he believes in them. But uh, instead of talking about uh, Andrew Barrington's picks and the Eagles and all that good stuff, why don't we get to our playoff series? Um, yeah. View from the other bench. All right, so we're talking about all those other playoffs, and we've recapped the last week, and we're done with that. We're going. Here we go. Playoff series, Bay Como, just like 2019. Uh, they match up against us. It is a 2-3-2 again, which means, well, we had to bring on an expert on the Jakar. Um, he reached out to us asking if we needed info in case we play. We said, we don't need info. We need you on the show. Um, so we were pleased to have joining us Louis-William Gagné of the DRACcast, uh, breaking down the series. Louis, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. How's it going, you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. First of all, thanks for joining us and, and bringing on your your info for Bay Como. I guess the first two, the first question for me, these two teams played in 2019. They have a playoff rivalry. Um, just your thoughts as the season wore down between Ramuski, Shakutami, uh, Moncton. Just your thoughts on the, the Wildcats taking on the Dracar again. Um. I guess it's going to be it's going to be a good series, actually. I, I don't know the Wildcats very much. Well, as you guys probably don't know the Drakkar very much, <laughs> uh, as as they only play each other twice per season. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be good. Um, I, I believe we're we're speaking of a six game or seven game series. I, I think it, it it will pretty much be a draw again, like it was in 2019. Uh, I don't know which side the the ball will fall on, but no. <laughs> it's going to be good obviously yeah bringing back 2019 you know the the players uh, are are different uh but i'm sure the uh the ownership group in uh in, in bay como is is the same uh mm-hmm. do you think that's the the message to the to to the jakar from the ownership is uh you know let's go get some uh some revenge from a few years ago uh honestly I, i'm i'm not too sure about that because even even the coaching staff or uh, general manager or even the, um, the, 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 the not, not the ownership but the uh, administration council is different from what it was back then. So even even the play, the players are different, but I think everybody and the entire organization is different than 
what it was in 2019. So I don't think it's really it's really something that that's in their minds right now. So, I mean, you guys have had two of the top rookies uh, just lighten it up for you um, with Malofsky, who I think he was your rookie of the year pick, Jeremy, and Justin Poirier, who I thought was going to be your rookie of the, the year pick. Um, obviously, this is uh, more than a two-person team, but um, does this series kind of hinge on these young guys? Um, like, how much pressure is on these young guys um, after such a great regular season leading the team in points? Um how much pressure do you feel is on on those two players from from the kind of fans? Well, in in this offensive group, offense is this team's weakness, uh, and Poirier and Malofsky basically are the two most talented guys on this unit. Uh, if we speak about offense in general, there are four players to watch uh, on twelve and. They are, uh, Poirier and Malofsky are the ones who can give the most goals or the most offensive chances. So I guess they have a lot of pressure. Um, and and what makes them so dangerous, I, I believe, is their level of skills. Uh, Malofsky is a fine passer, Poirier a future all-star sniper in this league and you can shut them down for the whole game except for one shift and they can capitalize on their only chance of the game that i think it's what makes them so dangerous uh the other two guys i was uh, thinking about are gagnon uh, felix gagnon and isaac dufour uh, Gagnon is like the uh, Dracar's Patrice Bergeron. Uh, so one of the best players in the league for face-offs. Uh, decent production of 20 goals, 20 assists. About the same for Dufour, who's more of a uh, power forward, hits a lot, drives the net a lot. Other than those four guys, it's, it's thin on offense, mm-hmm. really. Uh, we will rely a lot on those four guys. Definitely. And I'm I'm going to touch on uh, on the goaltending here. Uh, you beat me too. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> just because uh, I noticed obviously Charlo is your is uh, is the starter in, in Bay Como, mm-hmm. um, and uh, last year in the first round, you know, you're swept by by Sherbrooke. He didn't get any and in, into any games. Uh, do which kind of makes sense? I mean, it's going to be the same scenario here in Moncton. We've got a rookie goaltender as well, who's going to be seeing their, um, you know, his first uh, you know playoff experience. So. Um, do do you see an advantage on the Bay Como side, whereas you know Chiarlo, even though he didn't play any playoffs, he was with the team last year and experienced the uh, you know the cube playoff atmosphere. Do you think that gives the Dakar an advantage in nets? Well, it, it surely helps uh, for for Olivier Chiarlo this this experience he had from. Uh, last year as a backup and two years ago as a backup as well right. when he was uh, he was 16 year old the uh, goaltender back then was uh, Lucas Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. um, and um, what, I, what I like the most about Ciarlo is that all season long he always he, he's always been better and better and better and better uh, if we look at his uh, his last month his stats are the best they've ever been, actually. So this is what I like the most about him. And if I can give you, I'm I'm a numbers guy, 
And there is one thing that surprises me a lot about Olivier Ciarlo. And this is, I've never seen something like that. And this is a uh, kind of an advice for the Wildcats as well. This, 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 that is dramatic. Okay. When, when Ciarlo this season, when he allows four goals or more in a game, his record is two, 18 and two. On the other hand, if he allows less than four goals in a game, so between none and three, his record is 16, three and two. So basically, wow. if you score four times on that guy, you're almost guaranteed to win. But if you do not score four times on that guy, you're almost guaranteed to lose. Hmm. And this is like black or white situation, yeah. almost. Well, I mean, this you, is, you win four, you score four goals in a hockey game, gen, in a playoff game especially. Generally, you should win. And it's yeah. I was looking at the overall team records um, this season. I, I've been keeping track for Moncton and. This is going to be a series. Whoever leads after 40 minutes more than likely is going to win the hockey game. Um, you know, you're a numbers guy. Bay Como is 17 and two when leading after 40 minutes. The Wildcats are 27 and two when trailing after 40 minutes. Bay Como is 428 and three. Moncton is 220 and one. So it's basically a race. Oh, yeah. It's basically a race to get to 40, to get the lead after 40 minutes. Cause I mean, if they're tied now, if they're tied, it, it favors Bay Como. They're nine and two, whereas Moncton mm-hmm. is six and seven, but it's just one of those weird stats that, you know, both teams didn't, you know, they kind of have the similar record, but it's leading after 40 minutes. And that just seems like, you know, one of those crazy things where it it's going to be leading after 40 minutes. I didn't go back and look at both games that we played, but um, it's just one of those weird stats that if, if you were able to lead after 40 minutes of playoff game, both teams are fairly good at, uh, at locking it down. Um, Jeremy went goaltending. I'm going to go special teams. Um, the Jakar power play penalty kill. Um, is that a, a, aside from Chiarlo's success when giving up four or less? Um, how's their power play penalty kill been all season? Is, is it going to be something that they're kind of worried about going into the playoffs? Um, in fact, there, if we speaking, if we're speaking of, of percentage, uh, I know power play was 12th with about 20%, which, which was similar to what the Wildcats yeah, uh, we have as well, but their Bacomo was last in the league for power play opportunities by far, like, uh, the team ranked 17th for, uh, for opportunities on power play. They had like 12 more than Bacomo. Uh, so they, they have a good percentage. The only thing which doesn't help their offense, their overall offense, is that they cannot get this power play on the ice as much as as they should or as they would like to. So if it gets on the ice, it can give something good, but it needs to get on the ice, which it didn't do this season. Not, not as much as it should have been. Uh, pedal. I don't like the penalty kill. For I don't know why it's not working that well, but I, I think it's it does not help them at all. For from the last for the last game I saw, uh, the last games, uh, there were always they don't get too many penalties, but sometimes you know they they have this tendency to give up 
the bad goal at the bad moments. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were gonna keep going on that. So okay. yeah. Um yeah, I mean Moncton was tenth um in power play PK. I think we were twelfth in that. You guys were thirteenth. So it's kind of similar on the um yeah. on the special teams, which when you get into a playoff series is a difference in, in continuing to get momentum from you know, getting a goal or making a big uh, a big kill there. Um one last one for me, um for the Wildcat fans, give us an X factor uh for Bay Como that uh will be a fact like give us an X factor in this series. Okay. Uh this works for the series and for one game at a time. If I'm the Wildcats, I want to get rid of the Drakkar as fast as possible. I mean in a game, in a single game and in the series. The longest the longer the series is Bakemo gets the advantage because I think because of their playing style, it's a very, very uh, physical team, especially on defense. They are tall, heavy. They hit a lot. Uh, lots of uh, of Sherwood uh, going on, especially <laughs> from guys like Schwinar, Mercier, Lavoie, even a youngster like Alexi Bernier. Those guys, they hit a lot. If you want to get to that net, you're going to pay for it. So you, you can beat them for one game two games in a row well if you play seven games in in 10 days against them it's gonna hurt definitely so you want to get rid of them as fast as possible uh in a game i said if you score four you're basically guaranteed to win well score those four goals as fast as you can (laughs) because if because if you get if you're tied after 40 minutes you said that uh, that stat about them the record is very good when they're tied after two the the, usually they win those games and usually they win their games uh in a low scoring uh scenario for the the record in low scoring games is quite good so score as fast as you can and get rid of them as fast as you can the longer it gets i think decamo gets the advantage at that point yeah 12 and 8 and one goal games eight and five and two goal games five and seven and four and nine and four goal games so yeah you're yeah i i like that that's obviously we want to get uh past you as fast as we can if you know based on the way it goes we got to play Halifax. That's back-to-back tough series. So obviously getting uh getting past Bay Como early would be would be good. And uh yeah, just one last one for me and then we'll uh <laughs> it's not really hockey related, but uh we had uh the Wildcats uh, director of hockey operations on the show uh about a year or so ago and he says he enjoys his trips to Bay Como because they have the best put-in in the at the in all of the rinks. In the, in the league, uh, are you able to confirm uh, that it's uh, that it's legit? Well, I, I think it is, but uh, <laughs> on the opposite, I have not I've not been in so many other ranks. I've been to a total of four or five, so I, I can't really compare it to to other places. I, I think it's good. I've definitely had poutines around the league who were worse than than Baycomo's for sure but uh, I've had better too oh, okay yeah, okay All right. uh, are you making the trip up to Moncton for any of the games or no uh, I won't be able to unfortunately because okay. of work yeah having a job sucks <laughs> 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 I'd like to go up to Baycomo but we're playing in the middle of the week um, yeah. up there so 
Yeah, man. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us. Um, you know, we're if you want to come on during the rest of this series, you're more than welcome. You're now a friend of the show. Um, so for all our listeners out there that want to follow you um, either next season or during the playoffs, just to kind of get another view of this series, just uh, the floor is yours to kind of promote yourself. Yeah, uh, it's uh, DraftCast on Twitter and Facebook, basically. All right, short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, is thanks a, for having is, me. Is a it pleasure. a podcast or is it a article, like uh, a blog? Uh, it, 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 when I created that, I wanted it to be a podcast okay. at, the, at the time. And in fact, oh, I, I got I got to tell you that you got me the idea of naming this drag cast. When I first saw that Moncton Wildcast, I was like, that's the best name ever. <laughs> I, I got to make something with that uh so 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 thanks for the name by the way yeah no wor- no worries <laughs> and, uh, I, I wanted it to be a podcast but unfortunately i in terms of material uh i'm far away from bacon as well I, I live near quebec city okay. uh yeah i i, I thought it was I, I could make something better with only articles than doing a podcast maybe someday right. uh, but not for the moment all right. Well, you can thank my wife for the name because she came up with it. I had a few other ones that probably weren't as good as what everyone thinks this one is. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate you jumping on. You're now a friend of the show, and uh, we'll have you on more maybe near the draft and and into next season just to get a just to get a feel for Baycomo. Because I mean, if you can have other guests on from other markets, that only makes everyone's uh, everyone's content better. So, um, you have a good night. And uh, oh, I guess yes. what's your playoff series pick? I almost forgot. Okay, uh, I'm going with my heart. Uh, Bakemo have, have not won a playoff series since 2015. They've not not always been in good scenarios. Yep. They were against Moncton in 2019. They still lost. Uh, but I think that this is when when it's over, when it when it gets done. So I, I will go for a close call with Bakemo in seven. All right. Well, you're no longer allowed on the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, we're going to pick with our heart as well. So, uh, but again, thanks Louis. And, uh, we will, uh, we'll chat, uh, either during the series or maybe before the draft. Great. Well, my wife will be happy that he, uh, he appreciates the name. I, I do get a lot of comments on it, but it wasn't me. It was all her. Um, I think he's bang on, on, on obviously a, a big heavy team. Like this isn't going to be, five games this is no. going to be this is going to be a tough l- series look, the only way this is a quick series is if Moncton literally plays the way they did against Cape Breton yeah like that was just full-on 60 minutes um we are going to the trenches we are yep. battling for every puck we're winning every battle uh we're winning every race um you know if we can put up nine goals against Cape Breton and play like that every game this will easily be a fast series but i just don't see a scenario where we perform like that for four straight games let's no say. because we've had more opportunity more efforts where they don't play like that than mm-hmm. they do yeah. um throughout the series i guess what's your x factor going into this um x factor well I, it's a good question i haven't really thought about it as a as an x factor but, um, or some of your key factors, I, I guess. I think going you know it, it's for me. It's 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 the depth. At, I think Moncton has the forward depth uh, advantage. You know, it's uh, obviously I think Bacoma has uh, Marshall Assard, mm-hmm. um, who won a 
well, I shouldn't say won. He won a Memorial Cup with St. John, but he was injured throughout the entire playoffs. So he has um, kind of that uh, that dressing room uh, experience that he can he can talk about. Yeah. But uh, I think the my personal X factor in this series, Jonas Tybell. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think he's. He's been playing some of his best hockey uh, as uh, as a Wildcat probably in the past two or three weeks, and um, I, I just I, I think he's he's been like I said he's been winning battles along the boards and setting up plays and and he hasn't been so t- he hasn't been so timid to shoot the puck. He's been yeah. shooting when he sees the opportunities, uh, and uh, I think he's I think he's gonna have a big series. Uh, one of the bigger factors for me, and you brought it up with with Louis William was was goaltending. I mean, both, mm. both goalies haven't had any playoff experience. Now, Chiarlo has had actual, like been part of a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if Steinman can, I don't necessarily think he has to stand on his head to steal games. I think he can play the way he's been playing. He'll be just fine. Um, that'll be, that'll be big. If, if he can play the way he he's capable of, um, you know, will be good. He's got to keep us in these things. My X factor is, the two guys with championship experience mm-hmm. in Baudouin and Trenholm winning the Memorial Cup. This is where you were brought in for this this moment, and mm-hmm. and I think Trenholm will be a, the the bigger X factor of the two, um, because he just does the little things and the gritty things. Um, and on that third line with, I think it was Ty Bell and Daniel, for most of the last month or so, they've had a good connection. I think Connor Trenholm will be a big difference in this series. He's fast. He's He's physically plays in the trenches, and mm-hmm. I think he's if he can have a good series, um, kind of helping shut down Poirier and Malofsky because they're like like he said, if if they're going, they're gonna mm-hmm. be yeah. they're gonna be good. If you can shut them down, you have a good chance. So um, it sets up pretty easy. Just score five goals a game, and we're yeah. fine. Yeah, let's do it. And five <laughs> goals a game and lead yeah. after forty minutes. We're fine. What mm-hmm. more do you need, right? Yep. Um, so what do you got? What do you got? For the series, for me, yeah, we got to pick this one. Oh, we never picked this one. No, we we waited um, till the end. I wanted to get his prediction. Yeah, and, and no, you're right. Uh, I think the the consensus what I've seen is is Moncton in in six. Yeah, uh, which is kind of where I'm I'm going with it too. Uh, I think we'll. Uh, I I I think Moncton will win both games at home ice, and then probably drop a couple in 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 Bacomo. Um, yeah, you cannot like these two three twos are tough because if you split, yeah, they might not be coming back, right? That's it. So and they've had. I mean, we were one and one. What are we in the last five years? Oh, perfect. Moncton was four and four. Mm-hmm. The last five years, like these teams have split everything. Uh, at Moncton, Baycomo's undefeated, and in Baycomo, Moncton's undefeated. So yeah, there you go. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Moncton will win. Um, I think they'll win both games on, on home ice. Uh, and then probably win one in Baycomo and drop a couple. And then probably win, uh, you know, win, win six. That's how I see it uh, ending up here. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, I've got six. Um, I, I have them splitting. Like winning game one, uh, losing game two. Because it's always tough to play that back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And then going up there getting two of those and then coming home and 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 finishing this thing off in uh in six and then hopefully Andrew Barrington's right and we get to take on Ramuski or Shakutami. <laughs> uh but I, I just I feel like I've said it to a couple of people, this just feels like twenty nineteen where we're gonna beat Bay Como and 
we're going to run into a very stacked Halifax team. Yeah, it's it's in the second. I don't know if we'll get swept again, but the way 2023 is gone, mm-hmm. it it feels like that. But maybe it's 2019. We got Big Homo guy on. Maybe the next series we'll have the herd cast on if they're kicking back now. Um, by they that are, time they are winning, so maybe they, they their show comes back. Yeah, right? no, that's kind of how this this works. Um, but yeah, let's uh, we got to get through Baycomo before we can even talk about talking mm-hmm. to the Herdcast and and having that show. But let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right, I'm going to prop this up because it's uh, it's <laughs> only two weeks away. Uh, and it leads right into the interview question. That's know. true. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Uh, exactly. So uh, Greater Moncton Putin Week is back. Uh, it will run from uh, April 13th to the 23rd. So we got a 10-day uh, day span there. And I think this is the biggest one there's ever going to be. There's going to be over 50, that's five zero, different Putins. Wow. Uh, now, look, if there's someone that can get through all 50 in 10 days. <laughs> this one you can do? Um, t- look, I, I don't want to be your, your heart doctor. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to be tough on the yeah. arteries, tough on the, on the belly, but, uh, you know, the, the usuals are there. Cheers, uh, classic burger, Chris rock, uh, you know, you got five bridges, uh, you know, hub city pub jeans, restaurant, Kelsey's, but there's some here that are Bob deluxe, McKay's. deluxe French fries will be, uh, will be there. Dixie Lee will be there. Um, you've got uh, Meza Lebanese cuisine. Uh, you've got. Uh, I hope those... I, I would guess that Meza is going to be like a butter chicken. Uh, well, Meza is like a um, oh. Lebanese restaurant. Greek, Greek, yeah, yeah. Oh, so maybe not. I know uh, they have butter chicken there. Spruce and Iron. I don't know where Spruce and Iron is. Seems uh, like a golf course. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's going to be. It looks pretty good. There's a few pictures already up on their Facebook page. Um, like this one here, which is a dessert poutine, which I'll absolutely not eat. Um, cinnamon toast crunch poutine. Uh, uh, that does not sound very pleasant. No. Um, but then there's a uh, fox and hounds doing a breakfast one with uh, pan fries, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage, cheese curds, smothered in hollandaise sauce. That's got my name written all over it. Yeah. Uh, you've got, um, okay, Spruce and Iron, which is at Moncton Golf and Country Club. Uh, sweet Louisiana, Louisiana chicken poutine. Again, that's got my name written all over it. Uh, lots of uh, there's gonna be lots of um, variety. I'm not looking forward to dessert poutines. There's no such thing as dessert poutines, in my opinion. Wonder if the locals gonna have any of those. Um, games well, there's uh, they've there's well, East Coast Kitchen Group is yeah. listed on there, so, so they'll I probably have that for games three and four. You can join in on Poutine Week. There you go, uh, three and four. Will not be the when 13th. When does it start? The 13th. It oh, yeah. no. That'll be round two. Yeah. If we round get two against uh, Ramuski. <laughs> <laughs> the Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506 863 8802. That brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week, presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa this month. So basically three more days. Um, you save 25% when you book a Manny and Petty on the same day, um, as well as a 20% off the facials. And 
going into next month. I just got to find it here. Uh, it is their birthday month. So everyone that books uh, an appointment in April, uh, their name will go into a draw to win a gift basket with $450 worth of stuff. So um, if you want to get your name in that starting in April, uh, you can uh, give them a call at 506-830-1224 or drop in for a visit at 1224 Mountain Road and use your loyalty card that you probably already have. Um, but, yeah, they also have the loyalty card. Um, the Wildcats Wildcat of the Week, I mean, this one is fairly standard. Um, it happens every year. Uh, it goes out to the 320-year-olds who will finish their career with the Wildcats. All three players have had impacts throughout the year. Um, Baldwin is tied for the lead in points uh, with 72. Um, Hamel on the back end is an offensive juggernaut, as Jeremy talked about earlier. And LaBelle, I mean, he's come in with not much fanfare two years ago as a free agent and has been the top center for two years just driving the offense. Um, so obviously their their impacts will be felt as we go through the, the playoffs with, with Baldwin having the, the success with Shawinigan last year. And, um, you know, these three are going to be counted on and they're going to be tough to – Kind of tough to replace. You, you top line centers don't fall off, off the bus on mm-hmm. onto your lineup uh, every year. So um, just gotta find another free agent. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Wildcats have had a pretty good, uh, pretty good track record of bringing uh, top free agents. So um, your Wildcats Wildcat of the week goes to Charles Baldwin, Anthony Hamel, and Vincent Labelle. Playoffs are here. We open up this Friday at Bay Como. Uh, the first not at Bay Como versus Bay Como. Jeez. <laughs> And Playoffs are here. Suck. <laughs> Get your tickets. Yeah, first home series since oh, 2016. Place I mean, empty so far, and that's the problem. Season tickets, you should get the first round of the playoffs included in that, because all the businesses that buy up your season tickets, they now got nothing. People don't want to buy. People don't want to spend twenty three dollars a game. It's forty bucks in uh, in uh, Regina, eh? a ticket. It's thirty-seven plus Ticketmaster's garbage. Experience Regina. Yeah, like I was looking, I saw the games three and four, and I clicked on the ticket. It was thirty forty-one dollars. Like you got to be kidding me. Um, yeah, it, they gotta they gotta do something. Whether it's give it away to schools, give it away to kids. Like we have a Friday night game one playoff game, and it might look like a game in the middle of November when it's mm-hmm. minus twenty outside. Like figure this out, Moncton. Um, I mean. If you didn't follow us basically until Tuesday, you wouldn't know the Wildcats were in the playoffs. You look at Sherbrooke social media. They were doing radio interviews today. They were doing all kinds of stuff. If you want people to buy tickets, you have to promote the team being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just wait for us to do it for free. You have to promote that team. Um, get them out. Get the word out. Uh, I've said it a few times. Moncton is a fair weather city. They want to show up when they're winning. Well, guess what? We're winning. We're hosting a playoff series. Promote the team. Let, like, let's go. Um, the series will shift to Bay Como for game three and four, possibly five. We will be at the local sports pub, so come down and join us. Uh, don't forget to vote for our wonderful sponsors from now until June 1st on Moncton.CommunityVotes.com, Antlers Whiskey Lounge, Eric Murray Realty, uh, and Rosemary Massage and Spa. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, we will be back next week. The show's going to be kind of different days because if we come out next Wednesday – Game three will already be taking place. So we're going to try and put it out in between game two and three. Um, and uh, go to our live Instagram. Myself and Kevin Barrett will do quick little post game or pregame shows. We will be on every post game uh, throughout the playoffs. 
For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.